Sooner Nation, Longhorn fans, welcome to episode 77 of the Boomer Bebo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, University of Oklahoma, the University of Texas. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Kevin, it is my birthday today. Thank you for wishing me happy birthday. It is my birthday. For my birthday today, I received a hat. I don't know if anybody can see this. It says Sooner Magic on it. How sweet is that? It's all right, you know. And then, funny enough, though, when you turn it around this way, check this out, Kevin. What's that say? <laughs> you like that? 34, 30 on the hat, Kevin. You really got the, You really got a hat made? I didn't get a hat made. My daughter got me a hat made, and it might have been the best gift I ever got. How do you like that? 34 How do you get that Kevin? so quickly? Hey, dude, they make magic happen, dude. It's sooner magic. They get made. Yeah, I guess happen. so, man. Hey, listen, addition, the victims go to spoil, so go, go ahead. Real quick, in addition, a new coffee mug to be drinking out of. Can you see this coffee now mug? that is impressive. The Boomer Bevo coffee mug. We're going to start selling merch soon enough, and it'll start with this mug right here. This was another birthday gift, hand-painted by my daughter. Kevin, this was a game yesterday that included everything, okay? I'm just going to go down the list of everything that the Red River shootout in Dallas, Texas on October 7th, 2023 included. It included two interceptions in the first quarter. It included a fake punt in the first quarter. It included a block punt for a touchdown in the first quarter. It included a reverse kickoff return for 50 yards that was called back but was still really sweet. It included a fumble. It included a goal line stand from the one. It included a missed field goal in the fourth quarter. It included a 75-yard drive with a minute 17 left down by three. And most importantly, it included a left tackle blocking two dudes and a guy without a reception all game catching a game winner in the corner of the end zone with 15 seconds left. Kevin, this game lived up to the billing. It met the hype. It showed two teams that are really, really, really good getting after it on a Saturday morning in Dallas. You know how fired up I am. How did this game make Texas fan feel? Well, Texas fan is absolutely devastated after this loss. Everything you said is correct. It was an outstanding game. Everything this rivalry is supposed to be, it was yesterday. If somebody was like, what's this Red River shootout thing about? What's this Oklahoma and University of Texas thing about? You saw it yesterday. It had everything. Everything was on the line, too. Like A lot of years, especially with Texas being down over the past decade, we've just been playing basically for pride, right? Or last year's game. It was just pride. 2015, we beat you guys, right? But you still had a great season. It was just pride, right? This one, no, this one was different. It was all on the line here, right? Whoever wins this game has the upper hand of winning the conference and getting into the college football playoff. And then, of course, what happened with last year's game with Texas winning 49-0, all that built-up frustration from OU fan, you felt it all yesterday. And it was fun to be a part of. Um. I had not watched uh, – I, I said I keep saying that. I watched the 2020 game at home, but I had watched the game at home, it felt like, in 20 years. Um, I gave my son the tickets. I was at my house. Uh, my daughters cooked state fair food 
So we had chocolate-covered bacon. We had tacos on a stick. We had deep-fried ice cream. They went all out, and it was so much fun. The game started in the swing of emotions, Kevin. It was big play after big play, haymaker. It was interceptions. But what I loved most about Oklahoma was that the big boys made the big plays. We just talked about Dylan Gabriel. What a stud. But Gentry Williams on the interception, that guy was fantastic. When he got hurt in the fourth quarter, I was scared to death. They had Key Lawrence out there playing corner in the fourth quarter. Uh, Billy Bowman. We talk about Billy Bowman. We love Billy Bowman. He had the hit on Sanders at the goal line to create the second interception. Completely legal, straight up knocked the crap out of that dude with uh, uh, Kendall Dolby, I think, getting the interception. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, he had the fourth down stop on Xavier Worthy at the goal line. You know, I'm not sure who that was who got that stop. I'm pretty sure it was Billy Bowman. I was too busy busy being in shock over what I had just seen. Kevin, that fourth down stand is going to go down in history as one of the great – Oh. It should. And it goes down in history for us. It's like, how can you not get the ball in with four chances from the from the one yard line? I still don't, I don't care who you're playing against. I, I you know, still, this has nothing to do. I'm not trying to take anything away because the stand was incredible. When you have one yard and you've got good running backs and you've got a good offensive line, I don't care who you're playing against. You can get any defensive line in history. You gotta get one yard. No, it was uh Dason McCullough, right? It yeah, was Stutzman, yeah. and I'm trying to think of the other guy. Uh, I know Billy Bowman. I, I don't even – I can't even – oh, Kip Lewis. It was Kip Lewis, was it? Yeah. Or maybe Kobe McKenzie. Oh, don't no, it was Lewis. It was Lewis. Yeah, it was Lewis shot the Lewis. gap on the first down, uh, yeah. and, and th- they stopped him. Then it was Dayson McCullough. Then on the big third down, it was Danny Stutzman. How you don't – how somebody doesn't put a body on Stutzman just blows my mind. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So that the stop happens, right? And then it goes to commercial. And the last thing you see is the down-the-line play of Xavier Worthy. Did you think he was in? Man, I couldn't tell either way. It's one of those things. If they would have ruled it a touchdown, I don't know if they would have overturned it. They ruled him out, and it was out. And I wasn't I wasn't upset about it, about well, the call at least. I was just upset about the fact he couldn't get in. O- Oklahoma fan, I can tell you Oklahoma fan, we thought that if – okay. We we didn't need a re we didn't need a repeat of what happened after the interception where we go three and out get stuck punting in our own end zone. Uh, Gabriel makes a big run up the middle. Um, we get all the way down and then we miss a field goal. And I got to tell you, the wind went out the the wind went out of the sails. It just it did not feel good. Like it's like all for nothing is what that felt like. Y'all march it right down. Uh, Jonathan Brooks big touchdown. He had a game, dude. He was he really game. good. 129, really good. 115, 129, right? Something like yeah, that. It was 122. Let me pull it up. But go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. He really did great. And then don't make, don't let me forget Peyton Bowen, who's still a playmaker, who just wants to make plays. Huge fumble on Quinn Ewers. Huge hit. Big fumble. That was just a great play. And then Ethan Downs, who I've been down on him all year, even into last year. That was the best game he's played as a Sooner. He was fantastic. Two tackles. And then what I like to see, and every Sooner fan liked to see, was the fire and the passion that he showed after taking down Quinn Ewers. I was worried, like, don't get a, don't get a penalty. I, I thought like, they were going to throw a flag on that. Now, I wasn't, oh, that should be a flag. Usually we see things like that and get taunting flags. 
Well, I thought the one Trace Ford got was weak. I thought the one Trace Ford got was weak. Oh, yeah, yeah. What the, the Ethan Downs one was way worse than way the Trace Ford one. Yeah. And hold, real quick, we're talking about that. What was the celebration penalty on Texas after the punt uh, block for a touchdown? I they never no really idea. did show it. I don't know. I don't know how you call that. I don't know how you call yeah. that. Like, like, for example, when you guys scored the winning touchdown, of course, it's a 30 second celebration. And who cares? Right. Like nobody cares. It should be a long celebration. You can't throw a flag on a celebration on a big play in a rivalry game. So I have no idea what happened that would have caused him to throw that flag on that one. No, something had to happen beyond because I didn't even see anything like egregious or yeah. your guys didn't come off the sidelines. There was I don't know. It was odd because that was a huge god that I I never felt good about that punt. Um, you know, Oklahoma, if Oklahoma has anything to be concerned about, well, a couple things still. The running game still, although I thought Todd Wee Walker had a good game, but it's hard to say you had a good game when you only rushed for 46 yards. But the well, yards here's the thing, though. He didn't lose yards, and he was still able to get grind down some tough yards in, in certain situations. So, Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And we talked about this before the game. I thought he was more effective than, than Marcus Major. Now, Marcus Major looks like he might have got hurt, but I still liked Walker better than Major in this game. Yeah, same, um, same here. Oh, real quick, Jonathan Brooks, 22 carries, 129 yards, a touchdown, 5.9 yards a carry. Oh, he looked good. Yeah, he, he was looked really good. good, man. And this is what we were talking about, right? So he has that big run in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma, you talk about what Oklahoma needs to do better. I mean, Texas, it's I don't know how simple it is, but it's pretty simple. Uh don't have four, don't have three turnovers. Correct. Like the, you know, Oklahoma fan thinks we left some on the field. Y'all are seeing three turnovers by your quarterback, and you're thinking, what in the world? Like we win this game if we don't have one of those turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Again, oh, you deserve to win the game because I thought, first of all, tip of the cap to Brent Venables for having the team ready to play. Right. You guys were fired up and ready to play. We knew that would happen. We talked about this all through our preview episodes last week. Right. Oh, you going to come out with their hair on fire. How does Texas respond? How do they end? Man, in the beginning, I mean, I don't know what Quinn was thinking throwing that pass. I mean, clearly Gentry had jumped the route. He was all over it and he pump faked and then he still threw it. It just I don't understand it. It was a great play by Gentry Williams. The second one, I mean, it was a great play by Bowman to separate JT Sanders from the football. The throw was a second late, but I do expect, you know, JT to at least kind of corral the ball. But again, incredible play. It was an Um, incredible play by Bowman. He, um, go ahead. Well, first of all, he was not right. JT Sanders was not right. No, clearly. Um, That was clear. However, uh, uh, Gunner Helm? Gunner Helm. Yeah, that's the one I sent you from Denver. Very effective. Very effective yeah. in the past game. No, really, no, I won't say, I mean, he's not JT Sanders at 100%, but he was a, he, he came up with some big plays, four of 67. Very solid in that, in that aspect of it. Sanders, I think, only had one for 13. Um, but that was huge. Here's what, here's the fascinating thing is five sacks for the Oklahoma defense. Versus only yeah. one sack for you guys. Not that was a stat, the difference in the game. That was a huge not a stat any of us expected. We did not no, expect not that. No, not at stat. all. And I told you this coming in. I thought the biggest mismatch was the Texas defensive line against the OU offensive line. And I thought Jeff Levy did a really good job. I thought this was his best game by far as the OU offensive coordinator. Right? Texas did a pretty good job of taking away the deep shot other than that one deep pass he hit to uh, Jaleel Farouk. 
But other than that, the deep shots weren't there, but he just took what the Texas defense gave him, right? Okay, I want to force you, your corners to tackle. We're going to throw hitch routes and curl routes to our receivers and make your guys come and tackle, and we didn't tackle. Well, you guys did a great job, Andrew Anthony, Jaleel Farouk, of just breaking tackles and getting a feel for some huge plays on short passes. I thought Farouk and Anthony were just fantastic. They were. Uh, they really were. Stoop, Stoops had a had an odd game in the sense that he had a couple – a uh, drop, not drops is a hard thing because they were like competitive, like get the crap knocked out of you over the middle yeah. um, that he didn't come down with that he usually does. But at the same time, he had some big time plays on the yeah. on the game winning drive, the, the the catch right up the middle, man, dude, he caught that thing. It was gone. Yeah, it, um, it, that last drive, man, I still don't know well, what. OK, so real quick, think about this, right? So you talk about Levy having his best game and I agree because. You had a 75-yard drive for a touchdown in the first half, followed by a 75-yard drive, well, basically like a 74-yard drive that ended in a field goal at the end of the first half. And then you have a 75-yard drive to win the game with a minute 17. Yeah. That's that's three essentially length-of-the-field drives, not and to mention getting out of the shadow of your own end zone after that fourth uh, fourth down stop. It took them if, if they didn't score, they at least completely flipped the you field. Flipped the field, yeah. Uh huh. That's what I was, oh. I was saying during the game. You they flipped the field, and then the frustrating part for me, well, one of many frustrating parts for me, was after the second half when we kick off to you guys, you guys go right down the field and score. That's what. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right after halftime, I'm like, okay, well, clearly we made no adjustments in the second um, in the locker room defensively. I don't understand it. Our game plan clearly it was to stop the deep shot but we never adjusted to what you guys were doing with the underneath stuff um no i'll tell you what though um where y'all were making hay on us was the short passing game right up the middle those remember we talked about this in a preview i said quinn is deadly in the middle that's where he's at his best working we can get going in the middle of the field he had 19 straight completions again Nobody will remember this because of what happened during the game, right? This game is all about – this game will be remembered for Dylan Gabriel more than anything else and then the plays that you guys were able to make. Well, when yours – Hold on real quick. I said that Jordan Whittington could have a really big game. You did. Because all of the focus could be on Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, your tight end. Now, your tight end wasn't as big a factor. Whittington had his best game of the year, 10 he for did. 115. And so many of those were those quick hitches up the middle, and it was – it was like our linebackers maybe should have been there, but they were having to bring pressure, or they were having to get run, you know, gap run the gap, or you know, fill the gaps for the run game or whatever. And so it just it was like death by a million pinpricks in terms of how Quinn was just dropping it off. Here's the deal, dude. Quinn Ewers, 31, 37, 346 yards, a touchdown outside of three plays. He was fantastic. He was really but good. you'll agree. Those three plays, yeah. I mean, they lost you the game. Yeah, you don't lose the game with, with three turnovers, right? Because other than that, I thought Venables, again, had you guys ready. The game plan was really good for taking away the best stuff that Texas like to do, right? We talked about this. You said you were concerned with that turnaround screen that they like to run. Well, we set it up three times. The first time, you guys were all over it. The second time, you guys were all over it, but we had a little bit of a counter. We had Worthy coming out. and. We kind of faked the screen and threw it to Worthy, who was open, because everybody had jumped down on it. 
And the third time, you blew it up again. So you guys were ready for that. I thought Sark did a pretty good job of adjusting to what Venables was doing, especially in the second half. And that's when we really got the RPO thing going because Brooks was starting to run the ball well. We started seeing the RPO. We talked about it last week. Quinn is really good working the middle of the field and the intermediate stuff. That's where he's at his best. The deep shots he's not great at, but that stuff is that's where he's at his best. And that's what you saw with his numbers. But those interceptions, man, the first one by Williams jumping that route, really aggressive to start. Second one, again, great play by Billy Bowman. That was a killer because it was in the red zone, right? Yep. You know, you would love to get seven there or at least three. You did get seven four plays later, to be fair. Correct. And then the fumble, I, I, he's just trying to do too much, right? You got to go we down. We talk about him. You, you got to go, go down. I know it's a rivalry game, but, man, this is if not, it, if it's not Wyoming. At the goal line, if it's not at the goal line, you've got to go down. You have yeah, to. and it wasn't a death. Not Look, if it's a desperate situation, I get it. But, you know, live to fight another day. He got hit high, and then – Bo, uh, Bowen did a great job put, getting his helmet on the football to knock it out. It's a really good play by him. You really saw some young, talented players on the field for both teams making plays. It was cool to see. Uh, we had Teddy Lehman on it. And, yes, the Boomer Bevo podcast is going to milk the crap out of that for as long as we can. We had Teddy Lehman on the podcast uh, three weeks ago now who said, watch out for Dylan Gabriel's run game. It's the only run game we had all day. It kept us in the game. 14 rushes for 113 yards, 8.1 yards of carry, and a touchdown. Dude, we don't have the quarterback run game. We lose this football game. Dylan Gabriel was fantastic not only on running the ball, but being patient, choosing when to run. And when he did, it was decisive straight line runs down the field. And he was very, very, very effective. He was. He was. So tip of the cap to Dylan Gabriel. I think we had questions. You know, I had questions, right? How would Dylan Gabriel play in this environment over his career, right? We hadn't seen him be at his best against great competition, right? Whether it be at Central Florida or during his short time at OU. But uh, he definitely answered those questions today. I thought he protected the football well. Obviously, no turnovers at all, right? He, Like you said, he was extremely patient in the pocket. There were times when we were getting pressure and he was able just to kind of step up in the pocket and make throws. And when he got loose, man, he was really effective in the running game. And he really put our linebackers in confidence. I could not believe how poor our linebackers were at corralling him. Jalen Ford, who I think we both agree, he's one of the best linebackers in the country. And he looked really slow. He was just really indecisive. It's like, I don't know if he was injured or what, but he really struggled trying to corral Dylan Gabriel. And I'm, I don't understand. He was spying Jalen Milrow, who was one of the fastest quarterbacks in the country, and just I don't know. He just looked lost. Who, by, who, by the way, the looked great against. By the way, looked great against Sandin. We'll talk he about did. that game. But yeah, he looked we'll great against Sandin. Yeah, he did. Um, okay, look, we're going to talk more about this game. I just want to have a couple closing thoughts. We're going to go over and take a look at the national landscape real quick, and then we're going to come back because we can't not keep talking about this game. And real quick, and, and when you're listening, if you if you're watching on YouTube, if you want to just hear the OU, there'll be chapters there, so you can skip ahead to the absolutely the OU. We portion have to get our stuff too, in so. because we have we have we saw picks on the line though, and. There was a lot of stuff that happened. But anyway, real quick, for Oklahoma, here's the deal. There's going to be a rematch. There, look, K-State just got beat by Oklahoma State. There's going to be a – this is two giants among a uh, 14 other midgets or however many people are in this weak-ass conference right now. So there will be a rematch. I have no doubt. Oklahoma has to – they have to address special teams. You had a penalty on what was a really nice play. You had a blocked punt for a touchdown. 
you had a missed field goal. It's on it. That those those were those were bad bad plays that affected the game. So Oklahoma, you know, Texas looks at it and says we had three turnovers. Great. Oklahoma has a blocked punt, a missed field goal, and a negated fifty yard return. So that's a problem. Oklahoma, what we did outrush you, but only with the quarterback rush game because our running back, our our next leading tailback had 46 yards at 3.1 yards of carry. We have to figure out how to get the run game going. Yes, say this. Go ahead. Say this, though. I'm going to cut you off, but I don't know, man. I I need to see mass improvement from Texas, too. It's really easy to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see you in December, right? And I think it should happen. But no, Texas needs to regroup and refocus because I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not 100% sold on us just automatically making it back. I, well, I need... here's, here's the deal, right? Let's let's just review real quick. Uh, JT Sanders, not 100%. Uh, Ryan Watts? Yeah. Really missed uh, him, by the way, more than we expected. Uh, your center? Yeah, Jake Majors, yeah. He was yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know how... Yeah, he got hurt early. He did not come back. Uh, did Catalan come back? No. I know he got banged up. No, he did not come back. Okay, so, and I don't know who else is on that list, but those are four really big names, right, that Oklahoma is going to have to deal with, presuming they don't go, you know, get more injuries. Presumably, they're going to have to deal with. I'm not making excuses for you guys, because we also went down. Um, Gentry Williams. Gentry Williams in the fourth quarter. We had a freaking safety playing quarterback, which was very odd. Uh, we went down an offensive lineman at some point in that game. That looked like I mean, a very serious injury, by the way. On the offensive. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah they're having sorry. to card him yeah. out the whole deal. Um, uh, so I can't think of right now. What else? Oh, Andrell Anthony went off the field. I mean, we did that last, that last drive with that Andrell Anthony, which is maybe good because it meant Nick Anderson was in the game, but there there's, but I would put the edge to dudes that mattered more hurt to you to Texas. So I think that means something. I, again, not an excuse, but I think it means something. I think y'all can bring that back. Um, but Quinn, we're going to talk about – I don't want to talk about Quinn just yet, but we need to talk about Quinn yours. All right. Let's just take a look at the national landscape because outside of Oklahoma, Texas, clearly the game of the week, there was a lot that went down. Hold on. Let me get my notes real quick. Alabama. Beats AM 26 to 20. Jalen, uh, yeah, Jalen Milrow, 321 yards, three touchdowns. I thought I thought you were telling me that AM's defense was vastly improved. What happened there? They were. They're just better. I mean, they Alabama couldn't run the ball at all. No, 23 yards. 23 yards yeah, rushing against They couldn't run the ball at all against that that AM defensive line. But man, yeah, they really were able to explore. They were able to protect just enough for him to get off those deep shots, and they could not cover them down the field. Oh, he looked really good. Uh, that was a loss for me, a win for you. I thought Kentucky was going to keep it close. Georgia reminded us who they are yesterday with a 51 13 win. Never close. Kentucky didn't deserve to be on the field with Georgia. It's going to be a long, long. Uh, season for people in the sec east because i think georgia is just that good although i think their quarterback kind of looks like a dork have you seen their quarterback Doesn't he kind of look like a dork he does man yeah and all those guys do georgia their quarterback yeah they like their coach it, it's so odd they just kind of look yeah, yeah. jake from all you know um jake and yeah, yeah. Is, they're all the same guy yeah absolutely uh louisville big win against notre dame 33 20 
two losses for Notre Dame, effectively eliminated from playoff contention. I'm happy about that because it seems like Notre Dame every year plays the spoiler, and I'm sick of it. Yeah, they're done. They're, their offense hasn't been good enough, even with Hardman, who's a good player, but it hasn't been good enough. Michigan rolls Minnesota 52-10. We both were winners uh, with UCLA over Washington State, 25-17. to uh, I just never really believed in Washington State. Um, real quick, uh, we had a comment on the last episode when I went on a Buki rant that he had gone to Washington State, and I was corrected. He went to Washington, so I apologize to all the Buki fans out there. I didn't. No disrespect was meant. Buki went to Washington, where he presumably still sucked. Uh, Ohio State slow, slow start against undefeated Maryland. Um, I guess they were down there running back. Is that right? but still continued to pull out a win, 37-17. Uh, North Carolina blew out Syracuse. Florida State blew out Virginia Tech. Oregon State, 52-40. Much closer game against Cal than I anticipated. Um, how about this, though? The game of the night, late night in the Pac-12. Did you stay up for this? I did not, actually. Uh, USC, Arizona, 43-41 at USC. Had to go three overtimes. Kevin. Hold on, let me let me tell you this real quick. Oh, if, go ahead, Mr. Mr. Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams apologist for well, all the reasons all, why USC, you know, they, they just, you know, they're super talented and they're super good. But, you know, go ahead. No, I'd like to hear this. Please. You know, my praise about Lincoln Riley is about him as a how good he is at designing offenses, which you saw last night. You saw every week. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about Caleb Williams because we all know he is that dude. My thing is, if if USC would have lost that game, would this have been the greatest night in Oklahoma yes. since you guys won the national championship after the 2000 season? It could have been. You guys would have been in the streets last night at one in the morning. I'm like, Uh-oh. people would have thought, you guys are celebrating the Red River shootout still? No, no, no. We're celebrating the fact that we won the Red River and USC lost. USC is not going to the playoff, right? When, when are they going to lose? Oregon. Right, I mean, they play, yeah. Do they play Oregon in the regular season? I mean, I just don't I see so. how they beat – I don't see how they beat Oregon, Washington – or Utah, and maybe even Notre Dame. Like, yeah, they just they don't play defense. They have Notre man. Dame this. I believe they have Notre Dame this week. They just don't play. De- I mean, here's the thing, Caleb Williams. We know this, fantastic, right? But dude, it seems like every game for him is like Vince Young in 2005 against USC, and yeah, I just don't know how sustainable that is. Yeah, like he's having to run for his life on every play, makes these miraculous plays. But, man, he hasn't gone up against Oregon's defense yet, and they haven't played Washington's offense. I don't, I don't give a rip how good – you know, don't even tell me how good Arizona is. They're not Washington. They're not Oregon. No, no. There's no exactly. way. There's no way. Here's their schedule, okay? They've got Notre Dame this week. It's at South Bend also. We're okay? picking that game on Wednesday. Yeah. Then they Utah comes to L.A. on the 21st. Hopefully Cam Rising's back. Yes. Then they go. They they go to Cal. Then November fourth, man. The 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 way they finish the season, if they can come out through this undefeated, I mean, they might win the national championship. Sure, sure. Think about this: Washington at home, loss, loss. Then they go to Oregon, loss, and then they host UCLA to close out the season, loss. So I mean, yeah. They're going to have to earn I just it. don't. If they get I, to the I, playoff, they would have absolutely earned it. 
I mean, unless Caleb Williams suddenly starts playing free safety too, I just <laughs> I don't know how they do it, dude. Like, yeah. they're so bad defensively. I mean, come on, man. It's Arizona. It's they're just they're yeah. not any good. Um, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Ole Miss wins twenty seven twenty. What in the hell happened to the Miami Hurricanes? What in the hell are y'all doing, boys? And well, what's the coach doing? What is the coach doing? What are you? You kneel the ball. What are we even talking about? Yeah. So in case, and if you're listening and you didn't see this game or you haven't heard yet, Miami had the ball with the lead. It was under 40 seconds. The clock was running. They had the ball. All they needed to do was take a knee. Georgia Tech had no timeouts left. It was under 40 seconds. The play clock is 40 seconds. So if you take a knee with under 40 seconds and the other team doesn't have a timeout, you take a knee, everybody walks onto the field, handshakes, you go to the locker room, game over. Well, Miami decides to run the ball. They hand the ball off to the running back, fumbles the football. Well, while he's trying to fight for extra yards, mind you. Yeah, like, for instead no of reason. just going down, he's like trying yes. to fight for extra yards. Fumbles the fumbles football, it. Georgia oh. Tech recovers. And then, even after that, defensively, instead of going into a prevent, right, which I hate prevent <laughs> defenses, but in that situation, Georgia Tech only had like, I think, 73 yards passing to this point. But they somehow get beat over the top. Haynes King, the AM transfer quarterback, hits the receiver in stride. He walks into the end zone for a touchdown. 44 Miami yards. Loses. How you let somebody get behind you on the last play of the game? 44 yeah. yards. I, I it's I mean, Miami, you deserve to lose those games. Like, I don't Correct. know what to say. Like, yeah. that's the reason why you're still you're you're like never gonna be back and if you're gonna they should be undefeated. Miami should first, be undefeated. Yes, that's the first loss. Yes, it is the first loss of the year. Dude, with people going down like LSU and Notre Dame and all these teams going yeah, down, Texas like, going, yes, this is your opportunity. Oh my God, it's just it's, it, it was all there. Life. Yeah, and you earned the right to win the game and to blow oh. it like that. It's devastating. Yeah, good job, Hurricanes. Well done, uh, LSU with the freaking backdoor cover, forty nine thirty nine. First of all, I thought Missouri might go ahead and win this game. They didn't. They were up. And there's a- multiple times they were up by two scores. A uh, pick six to end the game uh, gives Kevin the win, me the loss. Um, so frustrating. I did not realize Fresno State was in the top 25, and apparently they didn't either because they went down to Wyoming. The giant killer, 24-19. Oklahoma Wyoming's State. Wyoming's a solid team. Wyoming's a solid team, man. Uh, yeah, they only got one loss uh, to the University of Texas, um, which I guess every time they win just makes your schedule look better and better. Yeah, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me, just real quick while we talk about that. Uh, before the OU game, OU fan was talking about how, well, this isn't a normal Bama team, and Jalen Milrow's not any good, and they can't run the ball, and et cetera, et cetera. But now that we beat Texas, notice how the line of thinking will change to where, man, look how good Alabama is. And Texas beat <laughs> Bama, and Oklahoma beat Texas, so that must mean we're really good. Like, just pay attention to it. It'll happen. I might be guilty of it, too. I'm not even- it's, Hey, man, look, it's just the beauty of being a fan. Right. Yeah. This is what we do. And it's not just Sooner fan. I mean, you guys are good at it, but that's what we we all do it, man. Yeah. I'm not exempting myself from it. I'm saying it's just as likely of me to say it too. But uh Jalen Miller did look good. Uh Oklahoma State, big win against Kansas State. If there was anybody that was gonna challenge in the Big 12 to keep a repeat of OU Texas from happening on December 4th or whatever day it is it was going to be Kansas state. Like that was the one team where everybody's like, well, Kansas state's really good. And mm-hmm. Texas has had a hard time against Kansas state and blah, blah, blah. Dude, they just went and lost to freaking Oklahoma state. 
I mean, are you kidding me? Oklahoma State's terrible. This conference sucks. Speaking of teams that suck, UCF, Oklahoma's next opponent, lost 51-22 to Kansas. Boy, Kansas, Kansas sure does look different. man. They look different when Jalen Daniels plays. They yeah. just look different, uh-huh. dude. And, and that defensive line, they were getting after them. <laughs> I told you, the defensive line is legit, man. Don't uh, you guys have them coming up? After UCF, so in three weeks. Three weeks. Uh, right. Texas Tech, 39-14 over Baylor. Iowa State beats down TCU. Um, what's up with then, TCU? Uh, what's that? What's up with TCU? They're just, I mean, you just lose all those players. Yeah. You lose all those players. And I think, I think when you have a program like that, um, TCU doesn't have the depth of talent, right? And so you take, let's, let's take another team that goes to the playoffs regularly. And it doesn't even have to be Michigan or Alabama. I mean, Alabama or, or Georgia. Let's take like a Michigan or Ohio State um, or even Oklahoma when they were doing it uh, four or five years ago, consistently going to the playoff. What happens is you have really, 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 really good players backing up really good players. Yeah. So when those good players go to the pros or they leave early or whatever, you have really good players that want what they just had. Okay. Texas. Christian did not have that back. They did not have anybody behind uh, the big-time receiver. Um, Chandler Morris is fine, but he's running for his life on offensive line. They don't have the running backs. They just they had a magical season last year, and it's going to be really hard to replicate that. And yeah. they just – I don't think they're there. Um, oh, also, real quick, real quick. With Kansas yesterday, uh, um, our guy did not play. Daniels did not play yesterday. Oh, that was Bean? Yeah, it was Bean. But here's the thing. They ran for 399 yards. Holy cow. I, I Devin Neal, Yeah, Devin Neal was 12 carries for 154 yards, 12.8 a, a carry. And then our guy, Daniel Hyshaw from Moore High School, 19 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. They had another guy rush for 91 yards. So, yeah, 399 yards rushing for Kansas. No Daniels oh. again. And they destroyed. Well, UCF has not won a game in the Big 12, and they get to play Oklahoma in two weeks. So you wanted to be with the big boys. Here you go. And Norman, too. Good luck. Lastly, with uh, Coach Prime Watch, they eke out a win, 27-24 against ASU. ASU mounts a comeback, ties it, um, but Shadir Sanders marches him down the field, game-winning field goal as time expired. 27-24. They are now four and two. Um, I would say he knows how to coach a little bit of football because let's face it, you go with one loss last year and you're now already, I mean, one win last year and you're already four and two and your two losses are against Oregon and USC. I think you might know how to coach some ball. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. He knows what he's doing, man. I'm, I'm excited to see when he gets his guys in there. You know, Uh, anyway, uh, to recap, I was 13 and 11 and one going into the week. I had Oklahoma as my win and UCLA. That took me to 15, 14 and one. Kevin won the battle of the picks, but lost the war of Red River. Absolutely lost the war. And went four and one this week. The one, though, is a big one, but he's 19, 10 and one. Again, I'm just, do listen. You're, you're making money if you're betting with the Boomer Beagle podcast, and it's free. This is free. So you should just be tuning in. Tune in for the money. Yes. Exactly. Uh, I want to give a shout out. 
I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, Brown O'Haber uh, has been awesome uh, to ver- to a lot of folks out there who have had losses, whether they've had a loss at their home or business, fire, tornado, wind, theft. Give them a call at 405-735-5510. They work for the insured, not the insurance company. Um, I don't think... A- Company can be more excited about the game yesterday than Brown O'Haver was. And so if you want to just call and talk to Kevin and I about the game, feel free. 405-735-5510. If you want to talk to Texas fan, ask for Kevin. If you want to talk to OU fan, ask for John. Even if you don't have an insurance claim, give us a call this week. 405-735-5510. Kevin, let's get back to this OU-Texas game. Um. Quinn Ewers uh, was an out was 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 accused of being an average quarterback last week going into the game. Was his performance average? No, no. I thought it was one of the best. Again, the start of the game was really bad, right? I mean, two turnovers in your first five attempts, and then another turnover, right? But overall, I mean, 31 of, was he going 31, 36, 350 yards or so? No, I thought he was really good. Once Texas figured out what OU was doing defensively, I thought the offense was really good going up and down the field. So, no, I thought Quinn Ewers was really good. I thought the reason I'm more frustrated with the Texas defense than I am with anything that Quinn Ewers did. Well, what about that defense specifically frustrates you? This, the lack of pressure on the quarterback? Several things. Yeah, the the lack of pressure. And when we did get pressure, right, when we did collapse the pocket, the inability to get Dylan Gabriel on the ground, okay, our defensive backs and their inability to tackle, right? It was short routes all day, hitches, curls, slants. And it seemed like every time you got one of those, one of our guys whiffed on a tackle. And again, your guys are fighting to get off these tackles, but you got to you got to get the guys down, right? It's good on good here. You got to get these guys to the ground, and that is what made your offense go missing tackles and getting twenty yards on what was a five or six yard throw. It happened all game long, and we never seemed to adjust it. We adjusted offensively, but the adjustments well, never came defensively. Go ahead, real quick. I thought Farouk was was the epitome of what you're describing, uh, catching yards after catch is where Farouk yeah. made hay in this game because he was, he was catching those short, uh, those short passes on the, on the sides. And just, it was like, it felt like a first down every time he caught it. I, I don't know yeah. if it, you know what it, what it looks like, but I think it felt like a first down every time he caught it. Um, y'all did shut down the deep ball. We had the one deep ball to Farouk. Uh, we had took one shot at Nick Anderson uh, down the sideline. But other than that, we didn't even take any shots because I just don't think they were there. Yeah. You didn't have to. They weren't there, but you didn't have to. You were moving the ball with the short passing game and then the quarterback run. And that's why I give Jeff Levy credit. And look, I've been you just like you guys have been really critical of Jeff Levy, but I thought he didn't do anything to where he was forcing, trying to force things that weren't there. It's like, okay, if they're gonna give us the underneath, we'll just throw underneath the entire game. And our guys will force the Texas defenders to make tackles. And with the running game. Again, we put we put our linebackers in conflict. We never seemed aggressive. We were always kind of on the back foot, kind of on our heels a little bit. And that's what surprised me. I thought we would be aggressive. We never countered. We never said, okay, well, they're not throwing deep. Let's try to get some pressure by either blitzing 
they were never hardly any blitzes at all. So it was just a really frustrating defensive performance. I did not like the game plan from Pete Kwiatkowski at all, especially on that last drive. Um, yeah, no, you're right, because you, you just didn't get the pressure. One sack, when you did get pressure, obviously Gabriel was able to escape, either make plays with his feet or, or his, his arm. Um, you did shut down our running game, though. Your guys are so big, dude, and you yeah. can really see it. Uh, I thought our offensive line well clearly held up very well in the past game. We've got to figure out something offensively. Tally Walker, though, I know it's his stats are only going to show 3.1 yards a carry, but it feels like every one of those three-yard carries, he was just a bowling ball out there, just bouncing people off. And it, I think it yeah, had an effect. I, mean, I, think it, I think at this point it shows that he needs to be at least – he needs to get the bulk of the carries for you guys. Yeah, I th- I think so. Um, I mean, the running game isn't great, and it might not be great all season, right? You just might have to accept that. But I mean, I think he needs to be the lead guy because the best things seem to happen when he's touching the football. Agreed. Uh, also, I think that when you have, we talked about this earlier, when you have sustained drives, and there might be more, but I'm just thinking of, I know there were four drives of of over fifty or sixty yards, right? that were drives, not even just one big plays, but, but dr- consistent drives. That's when Oklahoma's pace on offense really exerts itself, right? It puts us Correct. in a position to succeed because you get that first, first down and man, then we can step on the gas. And Correct. that's when I felt like y'all were on your heels was we'd get that first, first. Now, if you got us out on the first three downs, like a three and out, it's because, you know, you could come off the sideline, be prepared for what was going to happen be running downfield, all of that kind of stuff. I think about like the the even the turnover, you know, with the with the with the interception that led to the block punt. Like y'all came out aggressive, that whole thing. But man, whenever we got that first first down, it was like we stepped on the gas. And I felt yeah. like that was when we were really able to take advantage of matchups against you guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I loved the pace of our offense, but it's only possible yeah. when you have that when you have those sustained drives. You can't do that when you Correct. go playing out. And I thought you guys did a really good job of because look, as good as our defensive line is, if you're getting the ball out with that within two seconds of getting the snap, doesn't matter. They're not going to get there. So it, it it made our defensive line be relatively ineffective, right? It just didn't matter because you guys are getting the ball out so quick. And like I said, when the coverage was good and we were able to get pressure, he just did a really good job of avoiding it or staying patient, taking a hit, and still making a, an accurate throw. How about did you see the Walter Rouse play? Have you seen that where he blocks two guys? Is that the on the uh, final play on the touchdown? On the, yeah, I haven't noticed what he did. No. Okay, uh, so check check it out, and if anybody's listening to this, make sure you check it out on on Twitter or whatever. Uh, Gabe Eichert, I think, might have been the first to point this out. But basically, the defensive end is coming at him, and he's blocking him, and then maybe a linebacker or something is coming around on his left, so he's the left tackle. So he's blocking. Then another defender is coming around on his left shoulder and he turns and he has one arm blocking one guy and one arm blocking the other and essentially holds them off and gives Gabriel the time to make the play. I mean, offensive linemen rarely get the credit that they deserve. And then when you see it like that and see what it takes for a Gabriel to remain calm in the pocket, for Nick Anderson to work his way open and, and make a big catch, and then for the offensive lineman to step up and make that kind of play, oh, boy, it feels good, dude. It feels yeah, really, you know, really good. I, 
I'm curious, like, how we let Anderson get loose, too. Like, you know, and I know Herbstreit was kind of explaining the motion, which, I mean, I don't buy that as an excuse just because, I mean, no one motions more than we do. So, like, you should be used to facing motion and passing guys off. So, I don't know where the miscommunication came. You but, keyed I mean, on just, uh, the easy, the, the interesting thing was you keyed on it on Stogner. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, Bender you dropped was standing there, and yeah, and, and Jaron Thompson was kind of running towards Stockner, too, and he just walks right behind. Uh, is it Jaron Thompson, the one that jumped up and down after the touchdown? Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he was pissed. <laughs> he was, <laughs> man. Yeah. Cause I mean, to lose it on a bus like that, you know, it's not like he threw it up and he made a great play over somebody. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, he was just better on that play. No, it was wide open. You just let him get wide open. Jaron Thompson also, he's the one who dropped the, uh, interception that yeah. you guys had, you know, it's three point swing there, you know? Dropping that pick. So I will say, man, I thought that you guys, you're, you had a sustained level of intensity throughout the game that Texas did not have, especially defensively. So, again, credit goes to Venables for having you guys ready to go. I am happy with the fact that we were down 10 when that fumble happened. And I thought, I'll say, after this, okay, they're about to blow this thing open. Because if we I can't see. sustain drives on offense, I mean, on and we can't stop you guys on defense, this could be – this could turn into a second half blowout. So I wasn't I was pleased by the way they fought back while being down 10 and they weren't playing well. Dude, listen, I mean, not to get lost in this deal, you you were down 10 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. And you have the lead with a minute and 15 to go. I think you would have taken that every day of the week. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, right? With these games, how how you look at it. Cuz I can look at it and say, man, we had we were horrible. We had three turnovers. We had nine penalties. We didn't force any turnovers at all. Defense couldn't finish plays. But at the same time, it's like, well, somehow, despite all that, we actually had a lead late in the fourth quarter. I will say this, though. I thought the clock management on the last drive by Steve Sarkeesian was absolutely horrible for yeah. Texas. Yeah. When we got the ball back after you guys missed a field goal, or what was that? After um, it was tied. It was 27-27. Was that after you missed a field goal? No. No. We had just we had to punt. Okay, yeah, yeah. So after the punt, I'm thinking like, okay, I had flashbacks of the Alabama game where we were able to we got the ball with seven minutes left, and they never got Alabama never got the ball back, right? And I thought the OU defense looked pretty tired by then. Sure, sure. Because the defense is good, but you guys don't have the depth yet. Right? No, and we're like, and at that point, and at that point, we're down Gentry Williams. Uh, Key Lawrence is playing corner. Oh, absolutely. We, I yeah. thought we were gettable. I thought we were gettable too. It did not feel good. Yeah. It did not feel good. So instead, we were running tempo. We're running tempo. I'm like, once we got close to where, okay, we're very close to field goal range. I'm like, let's run down some clock at least. Either you kick a field goal with like no time left, or you just go and score quick. But we were kind of like halfway to where we went for the field goal. We were still running tempo. So to kick that field goal with a minute left, I didn't celebrate at all. I mean, I wasn't even happy when they kicked that field goal to go up. I told Casey, there's too much, a minute and a half. This offense goes so quick, and the way that we've been defending, you can get down the field in 30 seconds. And that's exactly what happened. I swear to you, I did not celebrate the field goal that took the lead for Texas at all. My family was terribly bummed um, when the field goal went in. Alex was like, oh, no, this is over. And I turned to them and I said, and I'm not joking, you can ask them. I said, oh, don't worry. I picked 34-30, so this is perfect. 
All we got to do is march down and score a touchdown. I don't know how much I truly believed it, but I do feel like I manifested it. You know, sometimes Maybe, you got to put it out Perhaps there. you did, but I'm telling you, that field goal going in did not excite me at all. Because no, I you, you still left too, too much, much time. time. Way too much. Even though you guys didn't have a timeout, this is – teams have to work on being fast, right? Most teams, they have to have two-minute drills. Your offense runs at a two-minute drill-like pace all the time. This is a normal practice. So you don't have to get – you know, nervous or anything about it. this is what we do. Let's just go run our call our normal plays that we always yeah. call. And again, we're playing so deep that we're just leaving underneath stuff. So within two plays, you guys have got 40, 50 yards down the field, yeah. added in that pass interference call, and then you're in the red zone. Yeah, it was weird. Just like it that. Was, yeah. I thought it was really weird how wide open the middle was in those two. It's like it's like Sarkeesian forgot that the clock stops on first downs. Correct. Yes, because the NFL. maybe in the NFL you leave the middle that wide open, but I don't think you can do that in college, you especially with can. a minute left. I mean, maybe yes. it was. It was. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I wasn't. I wasn't done. I wasn't celebrating until we not just for the record until we knocked the ball down in the end zone, though, because that's yeah. the kind of game it felt like that. That Quinn Ewers, after throwing two interceptions, after having a fumble, after Texas gave up a monumental seventy-five yard drive, I'm thinking to myself. These dudes are going to throw a freaking Hail Mary, and then yeah. what's going to happen? And, he quit, and Quinn was hot. I mean, he 19 straight completions. Have we ever seen that in this game? Dude, listen, he got it all the way there. He got it all the way there, man. It was. And the crazy thing about Quinn, too, is like he had 19 straight completions, and you guys were taking away the screen. So it's easy to have 19 straight completions when it's just a you know quick screen game. No, like this is stuff that was going down the field, intermediate stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we wasted a good Quinn Ewers performance. Okay, um, so uh, I get uh, I had the win, so I get the last word. So I'm going to give you the next to last word. Outlook for Texas's season after this bye week. Well, we got to refocus, right? We got to get some guys healthy, and we got to refocus. We got to clean some things up because some of the things that we've been seeing all all year long are still happening, right? The red zone offense execution, right? We got into the red zone three times. Only scored once. Period. I'm not talking touchdown. Just one one score out of three in the red zone. So that continues to be a thing. The tackling hadn't been a problem all year. That's got to get cleaned up, right? Because these offenses, other teams in this conference are going to spread you out. So we got to be able to get guys on the ground. If we can fix those things, I do believe that we can be back in the Big 12 championship game for a potential rematch against OU. But we got to take it one game at a time, man. I'm not looking that far ahead. We got to get better. Oklahoma, going forward, has to uh, be done celebrating on Monday morning. Because as of right now, we have not won anything. We have not won a Big 12 championship. We have not won. uh, We have not made it to the playoffs. We've done nothing. And I am excited that Brent Venables is our coach. He's not, he's not, not only is he not a first year coach, but he's been a coach with programs that have been in this position. And sometimes dealing with success can be as hard as dealing with adversity, right? And he's seen what a Bob Stoops has done weeks after Texas, like the Bob Stoops' record and Lincoln's for that matter in games after the Texas game. I don't know that Bob lost a game, maybe one in 20 years. Like it, so. 
he's seen that. He's seen what Dabo Sweeney's done with Clemson after big wins. But we have to we have to put this one down away, right? We have to put this one away. However, as fans, we can realistically look at the schedule and say, if we go ahead and play our game, we're in the Big 12 championship. And yeah. we saw what happened to we saw what happened to TCU last year. They lost and still made a playoff. This is a very real situation where Oklahoma has a chance at making the playoff this year, and they need to not screw it up. And it starts with two things. We've got to fix special teams. I don't know how you fix them in two weeks, but that's why BV and the special teams coordinator makes the big money. They've got to figure out the punting game. And, dude, you got to make some field goals when you're called, when your number's called. That's number one. Number two, Levy and Beatonbow, good job on the passing game, good job on the quarterback run game, good job on quarterback protection. We need to run the ball. DeMarco Mori, you've been a great recruiter. It's time to be a coach. Let's go get these boys running the ball. Defensively, I like what I'm seeing, but we've got to clean up those. We, we saw how they're going to expose us. They're going to expose us right up the middle. And so we've got to be really, really cognizant of how we defend that going into the rest of the season, and particularly when we play Texas again in the beginning of December. Well, if uh, we handle our business. If. I'm not worried about it. It's going to be an OU-Texas rematch. Dude, the rest of this league sucks. It's so bad, dude. Um, Kevin, uh, who's Bijan? Is Bijan got to buy today? No, um, I think they're playing in Houston. They're playing in Houston. Amber I don't know how it's so far. Huh? Surely Tampa has a bye today. Yeah, yeah. Baker was because Baker was everywhere. Oh my yeah. gosh, he was so much fun. And then uh, our Dallas Cowboys. Are we playing the 49ers tonight? 49ers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Out there, that's the gonna be. It's a tough one. It should be a fun game, though. Yeah. That could be the best uh, NFL game to date. Cowboys versus 49ers. I would right? hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. My daughters asked me, they said, okay, if Texas and Oklahoma are, are the biggest, is the greatest rivalry in college football, what's the greatest rivalry in pro football? And I said, well, everybody thinks Dallas is their rival, right? So the Redskins would tell you Dallas, and the Eagles would tell you Dallas, and the Giants would tell you Dallas. But I thought, and this was even before I think I knew that this game was being played this week, I've always thought I grew up with the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers being yeah, just so fun, tremendous yeah. rivalries, tremendous yeah. rivalries. Yeah. Throughout the eighties and especially in the 1990s, the early to mid 1990s, man, those games are incredible, incredible. Just hall of famers all over both teams. Uh, Steve Young had to beat Dallas to get his only, uh, only Super Bowl win. Troy Aikman had to beat the 49ers a couple different times. To yeah. Get twice the in the championship games. Yeah. You know, we ended up getting uh, – didn't Ken Norton Jr. play for – Yeah. he play for the had, 49ers and then he came had, to the Cowboys? Uh, it was reverse it. He oh, was the Cowboys first. Okay. Then he okay. went to San Fran. Yeah. But and we then had Charles Haley. Well, first of all, we had Charles Haley. Because he, he, Charles Haley was on those teams in the 49ers with the 80s and the eight, late 80s. Then he came to the Cowboys in the 90s. Yeah. After that, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, and then Dion, um, and then Dion 49ers into the Cowboys, yeah. Correct. He was there one year with San Francisco. They won the Super Bowl. He came to Dallas and then won the Super Bowl again with them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I don't know. Maybe that because I'm, I'm, as I was thinking about, like, even if you take the Cowboys out, um, I don't know who else has the best rivalry in the college. Yeah, I mean, people say like the, the some of those teams have been playing for 100 years, like the Packers and the Bears, a lot of those NFC North teams. But the Bears just haven't been any good. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Bears have been good. And like 
in the last 50 years, what they have, the 85 team? Yeah. That won the Super yeah. Bowl. But other than that, the Bears have been horrible, especially at the quarterback. Rex, Rex Grossman got the Bears to a Super Bowl. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Right? Peyton and they Man- fired Lovey Smith a couple years later. Yeah. Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl win had to come against Rex Grossman, which, whatever. What a, That's weird. That's how the NFL is. Yeah. NFL can be weird like that. All right, man. Well, hey, dude. Uh, the the second best day to Oklahoma, Texas is the day after Oklahoma, Texas, when your team wins. We won. You lost. Um, I hope you feel better. I hope you have a recovering day. Maybe your Cowboys get a win tonight, and that'll soften the, the blow. It won't. It, no, it won't. It won't. You know what the worst thing for Texas fan is? Is that you have to wait two weeks until you play again. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. We talked about this in the, the – Nothing worse than losing this game, right? You can lose even if you lose a game you shouldn't lose. It doesn't matter, right? Like I'd rather have lost to Kansas last week with Jason Bean playing quarterback than to yeah. lose this one. You know how it is, man. Yeah, but uh, that's all right. It'll be okay. But hey, like I said, tip of the cap to, to OU. Tip of the cap to Brent Venables, right? And answering questions. We had those questions, right? And I think I do think the questions were fair. I know people on Twitter are like, "Oh, well, we got to say now." Listen. It was it was reasonable to question Brent Venables because he hadn't won, he hadn't had a marquee win yet. Same, it was reasonable to question Dylan Gabriel because he hadn't had that marquee win yet. You guys answered the question straight up. Yeah, and, and, and to, fur, to further that, it was reasonable to question Ethan Downs, who yeah. has been nothing but promise for two years, but he showed up. And I think it was very fair to question uh, Jeff Levy. Um, but yeah, with their absolutely. offense performance, the ability to move the ball up and down against Texas as many times as they did. You answer um, the questions straight up. But but the questions have to remain answered, and that's going to be the test as they go forward. But I feel really good about it. I think you're going to bounce back. I think we're going to play again, and I think it's going to be another classic. I think the the line separating these two teams is razor thin. I think the talent level both there. Um, when I saw those two teams play on Saturday, I think the only difference – the only team that I would be not comfortable playing is Georgia. Every other team in the country, I'd say bring it on. Yeah, and I'd say bring it on. You got this year. And I'd say bring it on to Georgia too. But yeah, I'm just they're saying, not scary. I mean, yeah, they're scary. But you know, you wouldn't be in like you know, you wouldn't step on the field intimidated. I'm not sure Oklahoma isn't favored now against some of those teams, depending on if it's a neutral site game. Because yeah, Michigan looks better, but I don't know. I'm not scared of Michigan. They always Harbaugh can do some stupid stuff. Ohio State still looks sketchy offensively. Oklahoma's defense is better. I don't know, dude. It's going to be a great run. I can't believe – the only other problem is it's already over and there's only six weeks left of college football, but that's okay. We're, we're already halfway through the season, man. Can you believe that? No, I can't believe it. But we have a bye week. We get to enjoy this win. Um, Kevin, have a great Sunday. Boomer! Okay.